I don't know. I, I mean, I don't mind preaching to a larger group and, I, and I group, and I love having everybody here, but there's something about um, just seeing what God has for us as this, as this little group. And I don't know, yeah, this is not part of the, the series. It's not part of... Um, Yeah, it's not, not part of the character growth series, but I think it kind of ties into it a little bit. But we're just going to kind of go and see where, where God takes us through this. So, we can often find ourselves asking this question, what do I deserve? So I'm going to talk a little bit about entitlement and the toxicity that having this mentality of entitlement can be. So... I want everybody to pay attention for what's to come up on this next slide. Particularly you kids will find this interesting too. So are you kids looking at the screen up here? Pay attention because I'm going to ask you to do something. So when I change the slide, I want you to find the insect that's on the slide. And then as soon as you find it, raise your hand. Okay? All right? Everybody do this. And this includes adults too. So as soon as you see the insect, I want you to... Raise your hand. Ready? Here we go. Okay, we've got two, three. It's really big. Come on, people. Okay, see it? Okay, we've got a few more hands up. Right there. Okay, all right. So it was kind of disguised in there. And... Um, this is kind of what I want to bring out with this, is this whole idea of, of being entitled. It's not necessarily a biblical word, but we're going to see how it just kind of camouflages itself into the Bible and into our lives. And I just feel like nothing that I'm going to say is going to be new to you. Nothing that I'm going to say is... It's more of just a reminder. So I just want us to take a good look, see who's all around you. Who's sitting here today? Because there's a lot of people missing. Just take a good look. All right. So now when we go through this, one thing I don't want you to do is think, oh, like, honey, this message is for you. Or, oh, man, that person's missing today. Bummer. Uh, they really need to be here to hear this. Uh, I'm going to send them the podcast later. No. This is for you. I, I don't want you to be thinking, oh, I hope that person's listening. I want you to be paying attention. And I've lost my notes here, so I'm going to see if I can figure out how to get back into my notes. Chris, why don't I have my notes? Mikey. It just goes to what's what's there. 
ago. Perfect. Such a handy guy to have around, Chris. Appreciate that. It's just like, and I know where to go, who to ask for that. Okay. So I guess we're going to go back, skip through this here. So where is entitlement in the Bible? So let's look at some of these familiar words that are in the Bible. So we have greed. Proverbs 28:25 says, "A greedy man stirs up strife, but the one who trusts in the Lord will be enriched." Envy. In Proverbs 14:30 it says, "A tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot." Jealousy. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice, James 3.16, and covetousness. And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. God, I just want to pause now and just pray that you would just help us to hear this this morning. God, that you would help us to just be reminded of this whole thing of, of when our heart has the, this posture of entitlement, of what that can do to us. And I just pray that we would just be reminded to take a good look within and see where we're at. So yesterday, um, I just felt like it was kind of a full week, so I felt like I should spend some time with my kids. So I spent most of the day just with my kids, um, doing stuff at the house, and then I just like, all of a sudden, it just kind of felt like, oh, we need to get out of the house. I don't know if you ever feel like that sometimes. I just need to get out of the house. So it was like, we're going to go to town. I was like, oh, that's kind of funny for you to, we're like, we live in town, but we go to town because it takes effort to get out of the house and go to town. All right, so I said, oh, you know what, we're going to go some Goodwills. No, just no plan. Just going to go hang out with the kids. And I told them that, you know, along the way, they're allowed to pick out one thing, just one item. Um, because I know how it goes. If you, you don't set some of those things up and you go to Goodwill, they're always asking, can I have this, can I have this, can I have this? Because, why did they do that? Because they feel there's a sense of entitlement, right? There's like, I deserve this. And then dad says, you can go ahead and buy one thing. Well, that just increases their sense of entitlement. Now I can get something. So we were at this Goodwill, and they found these little tiny bug things. I don't know, you can really see them. Oh, and they were just so fascinated with these things. And they were just like, oh, Dad, this is what I want. And they were like, I don't know, 25 cents or whatever. And I was like, not prepared to bring something like this home, know that they're going to play for it for two minutes, and then never see it again. I'm just, I don't have that kind of interest Um, But I did want to maintain my promise that they could get something. So we talked about it a little bit. Well, what is something that we could have that would maybe have a little more value? And so we ended up finding this little uh, skeleton thing um, that you can pick out different parts of the organs and the skeletal system, and you can learn about them, which is kind of down my alley. But Emmett, he had a little uh, motorcycle that he had picked out, And then he came back to me and he said, you know, Dad, 
I want to learn about that, whatever we can find in the man. Like, I want to, want to get that. So they picked this out. We ended up going back home, and we went ahead and, you know, kind of felt like, okay, this is a successful dad story because I got something my kids can learn and grow in or whatever. But the whole point of this is my kids went out shopping because they felt entitled to something. They felt like they deserved something. So we're going to take a look a little bit at what this looks like for us, this whole idea of entitlement. And I'm going to go through this list slowly because I really think that some of this is going to hit home. Not all of this stuff, but just some of the stuff that we need to be reminded that entitlement and how this can grow toxicity, whether that's in our home culture, our church culture, friend culture, whatever. So the first thing that I just want us to think about here is entitlement. It's feeling like people owe me something. So often, if you're wondering, well, do I feel entitled? If you're looking around at your relationships and feeling like people owe you something, well, then you're kind of, you have that mentality or that mindset of being an entitled person because you feel like somebody owes you something. Believing that people should do what I say. Now, that may seem, you know, pretty like, well, of course I don't believe that. But when it comes down to it, am I the type of person, are you the type of person that don't really jive with other people unless you do what I say. So are you being entitled? I have the right to privileged treatment. You know, on a personal level, as a pastor, you know, this, this I could experience levels of wanting entitlement because I hold this position as your pastor, do I deserve a certain level of treatment or privilege? I should get this for free. That's another level of entitlement. You know, just thinking that, oh man, you know, you go out to breakfast with somebody that you know has a lot of money and you're kind of struggling financially. You're like, oh man, that'd just be nice if they would pay for my meal. You know, what, whatever the case may be, when you have this entitlement that you should get this for free, it's a good check and balance to see where your heart is. Expecting things to happen without giving any effort. And I think this goes a little bit with something else that I'm going to say a little on uh, down a little bit later. So we're just going to kind of keep that one in the bank there. Assuming that what you say matters more than what others want. Now this is, this, is, this is kind of big because we all like to hear the sound of our own voice. We all like to hear what we have to say. But is that really more important than what others want? Or maybe not just what they want, but what others Need to, when you need to hear others and, and be quiet and hear what others have to say. I want people to pursue me 
but I am exempted from pursuing others. And I think all of us can have this little bit of this tendency, and this kind of goes back to the whole expecting things to happen without giving any effort. I think we can all at times feel like, man, I'm just disconnected from my church. I don't feel pursued by people. I don't feel pursued by my relationship. It feels like anytime anything happens with my friends, I'm always putting forth the effort. I'm always the one initiating, but nobody is doing that for me. That's a sense of entitlement. When you feel like you want people to pursue you, but you are doing nothing to pursue others. I'm faithful to God, so why is this happening to me? You may feel like, yes, there's things that I'm doing good, I'm right on my Christian journey, I'm, I'm having, I'm doing all of the things right, and yet there's bad things happening to me. If you're asking this question, it's out of a heart that feels entitled to something. No one ever communicates anything to me. This is another sense of entitlement. If you believe that, you know what, I'm just going to not be associated with that group anymore because they don't communicate anything to me, what, what causes that to stir up within us? It's that sense of entitlement. I deserve to know things. I deserve for people to communicate to me. My friends have nice things, and so should I. And I think this is another one that can kind of hit home. You know, if we see everybody in our church, they kind of have nicer houses and then what I have, then you kind of feel a sense of, well, they have that. Why shouldn't I? Or anything, you know, and, and even... Um, you know, I, I was telling Sherry that last night as I was processing this message, I was like, you know, I wonder if even finding the latest deal sometimes is a detriment. Like, I wonder what it would be like if we were forced to pay full price for everything that we bought. Because and then we'd only buy the things that we'd really need. How many things do you have in your home that you only have because you found a good deal? But you have this sense of entitlement that I need these things. Do you really use them? There's a balance there. So what do I deserve? Going back to this question. Well, in all reality, we deserve death. And that's the end. And that kind of sounds a little um, harsh. You know, I don't know if you've heard the saying that life isn't fair, but death is. Death is the only thing that's fair. Because we have to remember where we came from, and we have to remember that our sin broke us off from Jesus Christ. And so, because of that, our punishment is death. And that is the only thing that's fair. That's the only thing that Christ gave us that was fair, that we, would, that we deserve death. And praise the Lord. That's not the way the story ended. But I just want us to think about that. What do I deserve? I don't deserve anything but death. So if entitlement is a toxin then, toxins will eventually lead to death. So we're going to look a little bit at the antidote 
to entitlement, of this entitlement, this toxin. And I think at the very center, the antidote is gratitude. I just want us to look a little bit, how do we get there? How do we get to gratitude? Because we're going to look at a few things and a few passages of scriptures, and this idea of gratitude isn't that if we do all of these things that surround it, we will be grateful. No, this circle is rather that we see these three things that I'm going to talk about that will help put your heart in a posture of readiness for gratitude. Because if, if your heart isn't right in these three things, then you're, then you're not going to be ready to be grateful. And we'll take a look at that and hopefully that will make a little bit more sense going on. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So gratitude. Give thanks in all circumstances. So it doesn't matter what we're going through. In all circumstances, gratitude has to be at the center because that is the will of God for you. So we're going to look at James 4, 1 through 10, as the first piece of this. James 4, 1 through 10. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? The Greek uses the word pleasures there where it says passions. Are at war within you. You desire and do not have. So you murder, you covet, and cannot obtain. You fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you have asked wrongly to spend it on your own passions. And adulterous people do not know that, do you not know that friendships with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to be purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. You double-minded, be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into gloom. Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will exalt you. So the first thing that I want to add here that's going to help us complete this circle of gratitude is be humble. And we talked about this in Sunday school, this whole idea of all this this proudness um, that we were seeing in the parable that we need to be humble. It's just, can you imagine if you're humble, then you, you're not going to have that air of entitlement. You're not going to have that. And you can't be grateful and proud at the same time. So the, the path to gratitude is you have to humble yourself. Let's look at Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, 7 through 17. 
It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom is the father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have an earthly father who disciplined us and we respect them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirit and living? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. For the moment all discipline seems painful, rather than, rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness, so those who have been trained by it. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees, and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone, and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain grace of God, that no one roots, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it may become defiled, that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent though he sought it with tears. So the next part that we have here is we need to embrace discipline. Not only just accept, uh, just accept it, but not only just endure it, but we need to embrace discipline. If we want to be considered a son called a child of God, be his son, then we need to embrace discipline because we know through all this passage what discipline does for us. And imagine if you're not disciplined, how are you ever going to get rid of that entitlement, that entitled heart? And if you're not disciplined, how can you be fully have that posture of gratitude? Then the third thing here comes from 1 Corinthians 9. It's kind of a long passage, so I'm going to just skip through it and get some of the high points here on this. But in 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 4, it says, Do we not have the right to eat and drink? And this is Paul. He's talking and he's surrendering his rights here because he is preaching the gospel. Do we not have the right to take along a believing wife as do the other apostles and brothers of the Lord and Cephas? Or is it only Barnabas and I who have the right to refrain from working for a living? And he just goes on and, and talks about how, you know, you know, what soldier or what um, man from a vineyard would, would not take of his own fruit or be a soldier at his own expense. And he kind of goes in, Nevertheless, we have not made use of this right, but we endure anything rather than put obstacles in the way of the gospel of Christ. And in the same way, the Lord commanded those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. So he's in this thing saying that I have this right, I have this right to make a living by proclaiming and preaching the gospel but I'm not going to, to utilize it. I'm not going to accept it. 
And, and why is this? And I think at the end of the chapter here in verse 27, he kind of addresses this. But I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after, pre- lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. The third thing here is keep under control. I think Paul realized here that if he would have allowed himself to be paid for his service for the kingdom, that it maybe not necessarily would have resulted in a bad thing right away. But I think he was afraid that at some point he would be entitled, that he would feel entitled to that, and that he wouldn't keep the flesh under control. And, you know, and, and again, going back to, you know, some of the things for me, I could feel entitled that every time you guys give a pastor offering that I deserve that, that I, that that's part of my payment. But, you know, that is an open, we should hold that with an open hand. Just in the same way, do you feel entitled when you get your paycheck? It's like, yes, I deserve this paycheck because I worked hard. It's mine. Or... Do you have the mentality that's like, I got paid for another week of work. Praise the Lord. Thank you for the gift of provision, for giving me a way to provide for my family. Thank you. Gratitude versus entitlement. We can filter this in every area of our lives. So just imagine, if you're not able to keep your body physically or your emotions, or anything under control, then you're just going to continue to seek after that. You're going to continue to try to gratify the flesh. You're going to try to want and get more. And we need to put that under control and say, I don't deserve this. But have a heart of gratitude. Humble yourself. Embrace discipline. I think I'm going to, to stop it there. I know this is a little bit shorter, shorter of a message, but, but I really want us to grapple this week with just this idea of, of what are things that you feel entitled to, that you feel like maybe is hindering your relationship with somebody else. Maybe it's, it's, it's feeling like there's a relationship that you're not getting something from, or maybe the church isn't doing something for you, or maybe you don't feel like your boss is paying you enough money, or maybe you feel like you don't have enough people that help out, you know, with your kids. Whatever it may be, is that a sense of entitlement? And remember, what do we truly deserve? We truly deserve nothing but death. But by the grace of God, He has given us life. He has given us abundant life, eternal life. So let that come out with a heart of gratitude. God, thank you so much for this morning. And God, I just praise you and ask that you would take this simple message, the simple word of truth, and then you would show us, Lord, each one of us personally, the areas in our life where we've been leaning towards being entitled, where we've allowed those things, those thoughts to come into us and, and give us a sense of entitlement. And I just pray that you would help us to learn how to, 
to um, embrace the areas that you discipline us, that you would help us to keep ourselves under control, that you would help us to control our fleshly desires, and that you would help us to humble ourselves before you. May that lead us to a posture of heart that would be able to give thanks to you in all circumstances because that is the will of God for each one of us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.